you have any specific questions about your situation when it comes to your federal retirement? Do you understand all the nuances? Is there anything that's on your mind that maybe you're worried about? Hey, there's a link in the description below to actually submit questions to myself and, and my team. And every Saturday on this episode that you're about to hear, it's a Q&A episode where I answer your questions. We go through and say, okay, what questions are the most relevant for you guys as federal employees? And we answer them, right? So one of these questions might be yours if you already submitted one, but if you have any questions about your situation, again, there's a link below in the podcast description and the YouTube description. Check that out, it'll take you to um, my website. You can submit those there and we, we take it from there. So today we have three incredible questions. Um, and we're gonna dive right in. So question number one. This federal employee, they, they ask, they say, hey, so I just retired under a voluntary immediate retirement. I took a position though with another company and am wondering if there will be any, any effect on my first supplement payment. This is a great question. So for those that don't know, when you retire, assuming you retire and you're eligible for a pension and all that stuff, right? It's a whole different discussion, but assuming you are, there's two different aspects that come into play. You can, of course, be eligible for a pension on basically a monthly check, but for those that retire between 57 and 62, some of you may be eligible for what they call the first supplement, right? Basically a supplement to your pension between those ages, between your minimum retirement age and age 62. It could be a little longer if you're a special provisions first. Um, but basically, if you go out, once you retire from the Fed and you're receiving the first supplement and your pension, if you go out and you start a business, you go get another job, well, guess what? It's not that clean and perfect, okay? So what's gonna happen is uh, you're going to see a reduction to your first supplement depending on how much you earn. And right now, in 2022, the earnings limit is about $19,000. So basically what happens, for every $2, you make above the earnings limit. I think it's like 19,500 right in there. I don't have it memorized right in there though. For every $2 you make over the limit, then your first supplement is going to be reduced by $1, right? And so often the first supplement is never too huge, maybe, you know, a thousand bucks a month, maybe $1,500 a month, something like that. So it honestly doesn't take very long at all. Let's say you make 50 grand from a, another job, something, then boom, your first supplement, probably it's all gone. It's probably all gone. So that's something to keep in mind is, hey, if you're working another job, well, you probably have enough income to live off. Just you have to know the ramifications of, of working that job so you, you know what you're giving up and so that everything makes sense for you. So if you have any questions about the first supplement, if you just Google, or if you go back to my website, HawesFederalAdvisors.com, there's tons, tons of articles on the first supplement. If you Google Haas Federal Advisors first supplement, tons of stuff will come up. You could check that all out. Question number two, this federal employee, they ask, I turned 60 this month and I'm studying what to consider when filing for Medicare at 65. Okay, great. Based on the 2021 Medicare costs, I see that I might face a big IRMA penalty. Okay, let me, let me clarify this before we, this is a long question, so I'm going to clarify this. So what IRMA is, is basically if your income is over certain thresholds, these thresholds change over time then your Medicare Part B premiums are actually gonna increase, right? So not everyone pays the same for Medicare Part B, it's, it's different. Um, and so as your income increases, so does your Medicare Part B premium. So what they're saying is, hey, um, I'm 60, I'm gonna turn 65 in five years, I'm looking at these rates and I'm probably gonna have to pay um, a higher premium because of my income. So that, that's kind of what they're saying. Next, okay, do, 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 do. they say, is there any strategy um, and suggestions to help mitigate this penalty. I have 10 years plus of federal service and I, 
And my thought is I can take immediate FERS retirement at age 62, live off my traditional IRA, and file for both Medicare and Social Security when I turn 65. My intent in doing this would be to lower my income for two full years before filing for Medicare at 65, hopefully, um, hopefully below the thresholds to get the lowest Medicare Part B premiums. Is my plan crazy enough that it'll work or is it just crazy and should I avoid this plan? Okay, great, great question. So basically, this federal employee, he's trying to decide when to retire and how to structure his life. So he lowers his Medicare premiums as best as he possibly can. And honestly, this is a great thing to think about. Great thing. Because if you don't, if you maybe take a little extra out of your traditional TSP or whatever, in some bad years and you pop yourself up into these different brackets, what well, could be costing you thousands of dollars in extra Medicare Part B premiums because you did that. So you want to be watching this all the time is how will this affect your Medicare Part B. Now, again, this doesn't come into play until 65, but the reason this federal employee is suggesting that he retires at 62, 63 right in there is because Medicare Part B has a two-year look-back period, meaning your Medicare Part B premiums, let's say in 2022, are gonna be based on what you made in 2020, and two years ago, two years ago. So what he's suggesting is, hey, should I retire a couple years before 65 in efforts to keep my income, so my income for my job doesn't show up, and that they only see my retirement income when I for Medicare? And this is a great question, great question. And I have some good news, actually, right? Often I have bad news, but it's good news. Um, the good news is, if you work, let's say until 65, and the day of your 65th birthday, you retire and you sign up for Medicare Part B. Well, two years ago, yeah, they're gonna be looking at your working income, but there's a few life changes that if you had one of these, you can talk to Medicare and say, hey, look, I just retired. I'm living off a different set of income than I did when I was working. Look at my new income, right? So you can do that. You can tell Medicare, say, hey, look at my new income. This is not representative. There's a big life change. I retired. The other life changes like being married, divorced, some of these big things, right? When these things happen to you, you can talk to Medicare and say, hey, hey, look, I'm retired now. Look at my new income. So if this person wanted, they don't have to retire two years early because retiring and stop working is one of those life events that you can call up Medicare and have them look at just your retirement income. Again, I don't know when it makes sense for this Fed to retire and how much income they need. That's a whole different question. But just for Medicare Part B and looking at these rates, he can, as long as when he retires, um, that can be this life event triggering, say, hey, hey Medicare, look at, look at my new retirement income and don't look at my, my working income. So something to keep in mind. Okay, question number three. They say, what if, what if I plan on separating from 30 years and eight months of federal government employment and I would like to take a full reimbursement of all my funds that I contributed into the FERS system? Okay, so this is a great question. I've actually, I don't think I've ever been asked this question like this before. Um, and let me break this down for you. So it sounds like this Fed has like 30 some years of federal service, right? Lots of time with the Fed. And he said, hey, I want to leave federal service. And instead of retiring, retiring, I want to just take out my contributions from the FERS system, okay? Now, there's a, there's a common confusion here. There's two different things that you pay, well, there's lots of things you pay into, but there's two main things for your retirement. Every, every two weeks in your paycheck, there's two things that go towards your retirement. First is your TSP, so whatever you put in there, plus your agency's match, right? There's that, but there's also 
um, you're paying into the FERS retirement pension system, right? And for most feds that, that have been working for 15 plus years, you put about 0 0.0 or yeah, 0.8% of your salary into, into the system. So long story short, this is the system that's gonna fund your pension down the road. So you pay into it, right? And when you leave service, you can actually take out your contributions if you want, but if you do that, you can't retire, you can't get a pension, you can't get any of that, right? So the reason I've never heard this is because the numbers almost never make sense to do this, especially once you have 30 years. Now, if you're young in your career, you've got five years of service, hey, maybe it does, right? Maybe the numbers don't make sense for you to, to keep that in the system, but in, if they have 30 years of service, they're probably at least 50 years old, Right, and so even if they retired right at 50, they can get a, re a deferred retirement as early as 57 or the minimum retirement age, right? Um, and so honestly, let's say, just as simple, simple numbers, let's say they made 100 grand for their entire, entire career. Again, that's not probable, it's not staying at 100 grand their whole time, but just to be simple, and maybe, you know, let's say they put in the, the um, 0.8%, which all feds do that were hired before 2010-ish. I can't remember the exact year when it upped, but before 2010, you certainly are putting in 0.8%. So let's say 100 grand times 0.8% times 30 years. Well, that's, that's probably what, $24,000, right? And so if he took out all his contributions, he would take about $24,000 from the system right? Which decent amount of money, but it's nothing compared to the pension he can get for the rest of his life, right? Think about it. With 30 years of service and a height three of 100 grand, you can get 30 grand a year starting at 57 for the rest of your life. So the numbers just don't make any sense. Can you take out your, your contributions from the system? Yeah, you can. Again, I'm not talking about the TSP. This is your FERS pension system. You can take your contributions out and sometimes it makes sense. If you're really young, you're not planning to work for the Fed for your entire career, maybe just a piece of it. Maybe take it out once you leave, right? But most of the time, it w makes way more financial sense to actually wait for your pension, to leave that money in the system. You get way more money out by actually retiring, getting a pension, the whole deal, right? So I hope that was helpful. Again, that last question was, is kind of different. It's different, different question, but I think it can be helpful for many of you as you kind of read things online, trying to make sure you make sense and understand everything. So again, if you have any questions yourself, there's a link below to submit those. You guys have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time.